As some of you know, over the past few years, I've been a part of Rotary here in Jacksonville, and a while back I was reading about an award that Rotary International gives out each year to 150 Rotarians called the Service Above Self Award. And this award is considered to be one of the highest honors in Rotary and is reserved for those who go above and beyond in their service to others. And I did a little bit of research about this award and I learned of a few of the uh, recent past winners of this award and their contributions and I wanted to take a, a few moments this morning and share those with you. First there is Nancy Sanford Hughes. Nancy Hughes is a member of a Rotary Club in Southtown, Oregon. And Nancy has established what is called Stove Team International, a program that has mobilized Central American business owners to create factories in Central American countries that make clean, fuel-efficient cook stoves to replace the dangerous open cooking fires which are often used there. And uh, this program is now supported by Rotary Clubs throughout the U.S., Mexico, and other parts of, of Central America. And people are benefiting greatly from her service. There is also a woman by the name of Ann Lee Husey, a member of a Rotary Club in Portland, Maine. Ann has dedicated her life to work with Rotary International to eradicate polio. Husey, who is a polio survivor herself, she has led numerous Rotary volunteers all over the world to areas like India and Nigeria to immunize children and to provide assistance to people disabled by polio. Dr. Jeremiah Lowney Jr. is another member of Rotary in, in Norwich, Connecticut. And he has led in an effort to establish the Haitian Health Foundation, which is now one of the primary health care providers in southwestern Haiti, delivering life-saving services to a quarter of a million people in 104 rural villages there. There is also Bonnie Soror, who is a member of the Rotary Club of Patterson, New Jersey. And Soror has worked in you know, the nonprofit sector in the Northeast for more than 34 years. She has raised close to $50 million for various nonprofit groups. When Hurricane Sandy hit New Jersey and New York at the end of October, the year before last, Bonnie, through Rotary, helped in leading the efforts for disaster relief. And she raised close to $600,000 in cash, which went to the rebuilding efforts, and she headed the efforts for collecting and distributing donated items to hurricane victims within a 300-mile radius of where the hurricane had done the most damage. Wow. There's no question. These are some amazing people, right? I mean, no one can question the amazing contributions of these people in and through this great organization, Rotary, that encourages men and women to put service above self 
And there are countless other people and other organizations like Rotary making the same kind of contributions here and worldwide. Am I right? And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm thankful for these men and women. And I'm thankful for these organizations who realize that they have been blessed to be a blessing and that life is not all about us, but it's about others and putting others first. But here's the thing. Like I've said in here time and time again, though this belief of putting others first, the principle of service above self, though I believe it's right and good, and though I want to be a part of supporting organizations and people like this who, who put this emphasis on others first, listen, this idea is not a concept that originated with Rotary International, is it? nor with any other organization out there. This principle is biblical, isn't it? Putting others first is what God tells us we're to be doing in His Word. And during Jesus' earthly ministry, He told His followers more than a few times that the greatest among them would be what? The last. Mark 4.35 If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. That's pretty clear, isn't it? And Jesus not only taught this, he exampled this for us. So this morning, what we're going to do is, we're going to look to the perfect example of service above self by looking to the person and work of the Lord Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, we're going to be in verses 5 through 11 this morning. We are continuing our sermon series on our mission statement entitled, We Are Fellowship. To begin this morning, let's look once again at our church's mission statement. Here it is up on the screen says this. This is our mission statement here. Fellowship Bible Church exists for the purpose of making disciples by escorting people to Christ, establishing people in truth, and equipping people for ministry. And as we've talked about already in this series, that this church is the place where this is to happen. This is to be the place where you are escorted to Christ, established in truth, and equipped for ministry. That's what we're to be all about here, about making disciples. That's our mission. The church here is where that happens. Several weeks ago, I shared with you that this is what we're all about. This is the what of our mission statement, making disciples. And to support this biblically, remember we looked at Matthew 28 where Jesus tells us directly we're to be making disciples, but we also looked at Ephesians chapter 4 and discussed that my role, the role of the pastor teacher is to do just that, to use the gifts God has given me to equip you believers to use your gifts for the purpose of ministry so the church is built up. That's what we're to be all about here. You are to be coming here week in and week out to get ready for the world out there to represent Christ to this world. That's the what 
of our mission statement. If someone were to ask you, what is your church all about? You can tell them this right here. We're about making disciples. We're about escorting and establishing and equipping. We're about taking people from where they are and moving them forward in their faith. That's what we're about. That's what we're supposed to be about scripturally. That's the what of our mission statement. But we've also been talking about the how as well, haven't we? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make disciples? How are we going to accomplish this? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we explained that one way we do this, one way we move people toward maturity in Christ is in and through corporate worship. We talked about the fact that, that this time is the time where you get equipped to worship God properly in the right way, in a God-honoring way. And our worship, we talked about, is not just to be done in spirit, but it's to be done in truth, right? And this is where you get established in that truth. That's why you need to be here on a regular basis so you can come and get redirected to what's right from God's Word so that you can worship God according to truth. Last week, we continued by discussing that the second way people grow up in Christ is by connecting with other believers. We discuss that for, for us to be who God has called us to be, it won't happen unless we connect with God's people. We talked about, you know, I asked the question, how can we be obedient as believers to love one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens if we don't associate with one another. Just can't be done. We need one another to get to where we need to be spiritually. We cannot live our Christian lives on an island, isolated from the rest of God's people. We must connect with other believers. And again, this is the place where that happens. Well, this week we're continuing with the how of our mission statement by talking about serving. We at Fellowship Bible Church are all about serving. And this morning, we're going to look to our perfect example of service and humility by looking to the Lord Jesus. And we're going to discuss how we as believers are to be following in His footsteps, in His example. So let's look at Christ's example in God's Word so that we can serve Him as a church. Turn to Philippians 2 if you're not there yet. In this passage, we learn several principles that we're to apply to our life. Here's the first one. The first one we learn about service from this passage is this. Number one, we are not to think too highly of ourselves. Don't think too highly of yourself. Paul says in Philippians 2, 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not, account, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Let's stop there for a minute. Notice first here, Paul explains to us a little bit about Christ. He gives us a theology lesson. And he shows us that Christ has the highest position in all of existence. He is God. In verse 6 in the NASB, it translates like this. It says, although he existed... 
Paul is talking about a time before Christ came to earth, a time before he took on flesh. He's saying here Christ existed before his time here. In other words, he is eternal. Christ is eternal. He has always existed. And then he says, in the form of God, meaning Christ is God. He is divine. So what Paul is saying here is this. Before coming to earth, before taking on flesh, Christ existed as the eternal Son of God, equal in person with God the Father. But though that's the case, Notice what Paul says here. Even though he was equal in nature, in essence, and form with God, Paul tells us that Christ refused to selfishly cling to his equality with God. He says, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to cling to, a thing to be grasped. And believers, let me ask you this. Aren't you glad he didn't? Aren't you glad that Christ did not count equality with God a thing to cling to? Aren't you glad that Christ didn't say, I have the same nature and essence as my Father. I am one with Him. I am equal with Him. I am God, therefore I refuse to become a part of my creation because I am Creator God. Aren't you glad He didn't say that? Yeah, Paul is too. Paul is very thankful for that, which is why he highlights this here. And we should be thankful for it as well. Now, I have to say this. Just because Christ refused to cling to his position does not mean, get this, he did not give up his authority or his title or his essence as God. What it means is he just refused to cling to all the advantages that come with being God. Now, what's ironic about this is is this here. Christ, who is in the very nature, form, and essence of God, who could have rightfully clung tightly to the advantages of being God and would have been just in doing so, he could have refused to humble himself, but he didn't. Instead... What he did was, he condescended down to us. He didn't have to, but he did. And the ironic thing about this is, Christ, who had every right to remain where he was, humbled himself while we, who are not even close to being in a position that he's in, refused to humble ourselves. So important for us to remind ourselves of Christ's humility because let's be honest, folks, we need more of it. We do. We often think way too highly of ourselves. I know I've shared this with you before, but it's an ongoing problem that we have at our house, so I need to share it again. My daughters do not like cleaning their room. And I was in the other day helping them clean. I've done this a lot. And I look around, and they're still playing with their toys while I'm cleaning up. And I think to myself over and over again, something has gone wrong here in my girls' minds. Because they honestly think that it's not their job to clean, but mine. Let me tell you, now that we got Legos, that's a daunting task. Legos are everywhere. 
especially little small ones. I'm always stepping on them. And we often reason in this way. We, we, we think we're above certain things that we should, in fact, be doing. And, and that's the message of our world today. It really is. Our world tells us, you deserve better. The world tells us we deserve the finer things, and there are certain things that are just beneath us. The world tells us we're too special for certain things and that we should think of ourselves higher than we should. Listen, Scripture is clear that we are special insofar as we are created in God's image. But you know what? Scripture is also clear that we're not near as special as we think we are. We need to have a correct view of ourselves and being reminded of how Christ humbled himself should put things into perspective for us believers, should affect the way we view ourselves and the way we view our service to others. May we learn this here. If Christ, who is infinitely greater than us, did not consider his status as something to cling to, then neither should we. If he could humble himself, how much more so should we humble ourselves? So don't think too highly of yourself. Second, this kind of goes along with the first point here. Second thing we learn from Christ's example in Philippians 2 is we should never refuse to serve because of status. Never refuse to serve because of status. Look at verse 7. Christ made himself nothing. Wow. Let that sink in. Taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now let me do a little, we need to do a little theology here, okay? I see your eyes already glazing over, but we need to do this. Theology is necessary, it is. Okay, so let me give you a brief theology lesson here. What Paul means when he says Christ made himself nothing, he emptied himself. Don't think of it in terms of subtraction, but in terms of addition. Not in terms of what Christ gave up, but instead in terms of what he took on. That's what Paul tells us here. Once again, Paul's not saying Christ became less than God or gave up some divine attribute. Nothing is subtracted from Christ. Instead, something is added to him. Paul says, Christ made himself nothing by taking on the form of a servant. By being born in the likeness of men. In other words, Christ emptied himself, and the way he did it was by taking on flesh. By becoming one of us. That should humble us. He became nothing by becoming one of us. Does that humble you? By becoming a man, Christ did something he didn't have to do. He took on a role he didn't have to take on. If this is true of Christ, how much more so should this be true of us? I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of tasks that we need done in our churches and people won't do them because they somehow think they're above it. Listen, Christ could have rightfully said, I'm God. I'm not going to empty myself. I'm not going to become one of my created beings. I'm above that. But again, aren't you glad he didn't? And he calls for us to follow his example. A while back, there was a story circulating about a football player named Pat Tillman. You remember the story? Great story. Pat Tillman in the early 2000s after 9-11, he walked away from $3.9 million offered to him to play football 
He walked away from a lucrative career to serve in the military, and that choice cost him his life. He could have, he could have chosen to stay and play football and live a life of luxury and reap all the benefits that come from being a professional athlete, but instead, in his country's time of need, he chose service over status and walked away from the NFL and gave his life for his country. Listen, believers, although Christ had every right to stay where he was and cling to all the benefits from his divine status, instead, get this, he came to us in our time of need. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul says it like this, Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. That's the gospel right there in a nutshell. And Paul tells us here in Philippians chapter 2 that we are to have this mind in us. We're to follow in Christ's footsteps. As Christ humbled himself and served us in our time of need, Paul calls for us to do the same and not to refuse to serve because of status. He basically says this. He says, I don't care who you are. That's what Paul says. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a wealthy and successful businessman. If Christ has become poor so that you might become rich, if he has stepped off his throne and wrapped a towel around his waist, if he came not to be served but to serve, how much more so should you? That's Paul's message, folks. Number three. Third thing we learn from Christ's example is to be willing to go above and beyond for others. Not just serve, but go above and beyond. Paul says, in being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Did Jesus go above and beyond for us? You bet he did. Every step of the way to Calvary, he did. Paul said he was found in human form once again the creator entered into creation not just as a human but a lowly human the son of a carpenter from nazareth his glory concealed he appeared outwardly as just another face in the crowd john wrote it like this he said he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him what a colossal mistake he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. We're told even the most religious did not believe in him, even those in his own family. His brothers had their doubts. For the majority of, of Jesus' ministry, his glory is concealed, and he did not try to avoid this lowly state. Now, we're the exact opposite of that, aren't we? We are. We are. Try with all our might to avoid appearing lowly. We wear nice clothes. We drive nice cars. We put trophies on the shelves, diplomas on the walls. And I'm not saying all that's bad. What I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to help you get a, get a better understanding of the great humility that Christ showed by becoming one of us. 
Paul mentions here also that Christ humbled himself. Once again, he had a humble attitude throughout his entire earthly ministry. We see he didn't hardly turn anyone away, did he? I mean, he ministered to prostitutes and tax collectors and many other different kinds and types of sinners and was extremely generous with his time and he poured his life into others. Think about this to yourself. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. If you're God, there are certain things that you're going to think are below you. Am I right? You know how I know that? Because we think in that way now and we're not God. We do. Not true of, of Christ, though. He humbled himself. Another way Christ went above and beyond was by being obedient for us. Do you know that Christ not only died for us, he lived for us? The reason Christ had to come as a newborn baby like we learned about this morning in our FBU class is because he had to do for us what Adam failed to do. He had to live his entire life in obedience to God for us. In Romans 5.19, Paul says it like this, Through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. Only through Christ's righteous life can we be considered righteous. And and not only that, Paul also says he went much, much further than that by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now notice here, Paul separates death from death on a cross because in that day there was death and then there was death by crucifixion. Crucifixion was the worst form of punishment imaginable it was cruel painful shameful form of execution it was reserved for slaves enemies of the state it was so shameful that no roman citizen could be crucified no matter the crime that's how shameful it was when someone was hanging on the cross this is what they were saying about jesus on the cross this person is beyond detestable that's what christ endured for us it's how shameful it was so paul shows us in this passage that christ went above and beyond for us not only did he refuse to cling to his equality with god not only did he empty himself by taking on flesh to the point of being a lowly servant but he also endured a painful death on a shameful cross in our place and the point that paul is making here folks is crystal clear He's saying if Christ humbled himself to this extent, how much more so should we be willing to humble ourselves? Listen to what C.T. Studd said, this quote up on the screen here. He said this, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. That's Paul's message, Philippians 2, 5-11. through We're going to follow Christ's example. We're going to have to be willing to sacrifice and serve. We're going to have to be willing to go above and beyond in our service to others. If the the purest of all to ever live could endure betrayal and denial and trial and mockery and beating and crucifixion and the very wrath of God for us, how much more so should we be willing 
to sacrifice and serve and go above and beyond for others. Let me close with this. In a moment, Bill's going to come up and share with you several opportunities we have for you to serve here in this church. But before we do, let me, let me explain to you why it's important for you to sacrifice and serve here at this church other than the reason I just gave you, Paul's reason here at Fellowship. One of the main reasons why is because by getting involved in this church, by rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and doing the work of ministry, that benefits you. Do you realize that? It does. That's a key part of your growth and godliness is serving others. You see, we want you to serve not just because we have needs to be done, which we do, that's a part of it, but we want you to serve for your sake. Now you know you're thinking, man, Graham's a good salesman here. Listen to him. He's really sucking me in. But it's true. It's a key part of your growth and godliness. In John 13, after giving his disciples the perfect example of service above self and what it's all about, after washing his disciples' feet, Jesus calls for his disciples to follow in his example. And then you know what he says in John 13, verse 17? Blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you who serve, is what Jesus says. He says those who serve others are blessed. Now, we don't often think of service in that way, do we? We think we're being a blessing when we serve. We think those we serve are, are on the receiving end of that. But we don't often think about the fact that we're blessed when we serve, but Christ says that we are. God tells us in His Word there is an immediate blessing when we serve and an eternal reward in our service. So we've said already, Serving others is a, is a key means to grow us up in Christ, to grow us in godliness. So when you serve, you're impacted in an immediate way in that it moves you forward in your faith. That's why we want you to serve. But there is also eternal reward as well. Now let's go quickly back to Philippians because in this text, Paul shows us this Again, through the example of Christ, how there is joy and blessing to be had in humility and service. Look at this great passage here, verses 9 through 11. Christ gave his life for us, right? He was humiliated, he suffered a painful death on a shameful cross, but that was not his end, was it? Look at verse 9, continuing the story. Therefore, God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Although Jesus humbled himself and put aside divine privileges that were rightfully his and became a servant and was obedient to the point of death, a painful death on a shameful cross, it's important for us to remember that he didn't remain in this lowly state. Although Christ emptied himself by taking on flesh, though he set aside glory to totally obey the Father's will, God the Father responds by highly exalting his Son. 
by giving him the name that is above every name. And Paul goes on to say that there is coming a day when every knee is going to bow before him and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, folks, I want you to get this here. We learn here from Christ's example that through humility and service, though they're not always easy, though at times it's tough, get this, the joy to be had and the blessings to be experienced through our service is unmatched. A key teaching we see all throughout Scripture is that God exalts the humble and He punishes the proud. Proverbs 3, 34 tells us this, God mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble christ said in matthew 23 11 through 12 the greatest among you shall be your servant whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted let me ask you this believers are you upset at times when you serve and people don't see you you don't have to answer out loud just think to yourself you're off alone serving here in the church maybe during the week nobody's seeing your service People take it for granted. Let me tell you something. God sees. God doesn't take it for granted. God sees you when you serve, and he uses that service to bless and mature you when you put service above self. Again, he exalted his son, did he not? He bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at his name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I know there are some here today, some of you in here who are not yet serving the Lord because you have yet to to bow your heart to the Lord. Make him Lord of your life. Listen, you have a decision to make today whether or not you will. Scripture is clear. There's coming a day when all of creation will one day recognize Christ as the Lord of all creation, as the King of all kings. Now, does that mean all will be saved? No. Scripture clearly teaches the opposite. In that day, those who have loved him and trusted in him and who have faithfully followed him in this life will bow in adoration and worship while they await a life spent with him in eternity, in glory, while those who have refused to follow Christ in this life, they will bow in submission and fear as they await judgment. But either way, get this, folks, Christ will will be exalted in that day so i urge you today if you have not don't wait until that day confess christ as lord now trust in him for your salvation now faithfully follow him right now just say to him lord up to this point in my life i've been doing things on my own on my own terms and lord i realize that my way is the wrong way and i surrender all to you i pray if you have not you make that decision right now today so that you can be properly prepared in that day let's pray